Today on the Kentucky and Hoops podcast, we welcome Coach Austin Chambers, who is an assistant coach at UT Permian Basin. In this episode, we talk about his journey being a manager, grad assistant, and everything else on his journey to become a Division II assistant coach. We also get into how COVID has affected some of the high school basketball season and go in depth about the local college programs. All right, Cole. So I know COVID has affected your guys' season a little bit. It's affected ours too. Um, tell me how exactly it's affected yours. If you want to go ahead and go first. Um. So yeah, we were going. Uh, we were practicing already. We were about two, three weeks in. We were wearing masks during practice. But uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of kids who had to quarantine due to uh, COVID numbers rising, um, which is not a lot. Just a lot of contact tracing, of course. So we thought it would be best to go ahead and shut down. So. I know our first game was against South Oldham. They had to cancel due to them going back online. Um, then we had a game on the 24th against Christian Academy, um, which I was looking forward to, my my old school. Revenge game. Yeah, but uh, that got canceled due to us not being able to return till the 30th at the earliest. So uh, hoping we can start up then, but from seeing what's been going on in West Virginia, shutting down or canceling until January 11th, I'm pretty yep. sure. And uh, Indiana deeming sports unnecessary, and uh, it'll probably get postponed. So I'm just hoping we get back after it here soon. Yeah, um, I'll just talk a little bit about uh, kind of the COVID-related issues we've had over at Ballard. Um, we had a positive test. We had to quarantine for two weeks. Our quarantine is actually up tomorrow morning, but we go back to practice on Monday. So I'm hoping things start back up um, on Monday without a hitch. Um, I assume the regulations and the rules or whatever will be more strict Monday. Um, not that not that we didn't follow. We followed all the rules, like, just like you can. But, I mean, this virus is what it is, and everyone knows it, um, it's just a rapid virus, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to get teams at some point, but it just depends. Yeah, we're going to see teams all season, you know, have t- two weeks where they play, two weeks where they not. Can't, you know, game cancellations is going to look really similar to football, you know. You know, teams have to quarantine for two weeks. Games get canceled. The only difference, of course, the basketball is you in that two-week period, you might have four to five games. Um, Compared football. to football having two games. Yeah. Which does hurt, but I think in basketball it'll be a little bit easier to find opponents real quickly For to sure. play games. So I think that can help. Um, JCPS will be interesting, obviously. The, the question is, will JCPS have a winter sports season? Because, so, uh, JCPS has been having non-contact, no game simulation practices. So what that means is they're essentially workouts where you can do conditioning and you can do basketball skill work, but nothing more than that. With smaller groups, right? With smaller groups, yes. So we've been having that at Ballard. Um, And yes, they're helpful, but they're not the same as having like a practice. So even when we were doing that and before we had to take the two-week hiatus, I still felt like we were behind the eight ball compared to some of the other schools just because we didn't get the we didn't get five on five, we didn't get defensive shell, like a lot of the stuff that you're doing in preparation for the season, we didn't we didn't get to do. And I mean, even going to next week, the uh, the restrictions are still on for JCPS. So I think that's gonna hurt a lot of JCPS teams this year. Oh, I think it does for sure. Luckily, in your case, being at Ballard, having one of the most skilled teams in the state, um, hopefully won't affect you guys as much as what it will some other teams that are good in JCPS, but they're, you know, they're not as good as the battle or the mail. Um, Actually, I, speaking of the um, 
of if the male Ashland or the male Ashland Blazer game happens, which I don't think it will. I think if anything, the season will get pushed back a week or so. But if it does, I think Ashland Blazer being allowed to practice completely normally, they might come into male and they might be able to beat them. Even though I think male is going to be a better team when it's said and done. I just think being able to practice and do game-like scenarios in practice is so much uh, more helpful than people realize. It's very beneficial. I agree. Um, now, I think one of the biggest questions um, that I want to have answered is, are we going to have a season? I don't want to play, you know, hokey pokey all year long and, you know. Have it push back a week, push yeah. back another week. I want to know, are we having a season or are we not? I mean. I don't want false hope. It's my senior year. I want, like, if it's over, let me know if it's over. But um, I, I really hope we have a season. But just someone let us know. Sooner the better. Right. Now, I don't know, Will. Will Kentucky follow if Indiana deems sports unnecessary and they cancel all unnecessary events and sports, they don't have winter sports? Is Kentucky going to follow that? Is Kentucky going to follow maybe West Virginia and push back till January well, 11th? Well, they still, uh, the governor said that in Indiana. So for now, the IHSAA still has sports scheduled and ready to go. Right. But they're an unnecessary event. Will the governor end up just canceling it for good? Right. And know. would Kentucky follow that? Yeah. Transition. Um, Bashir would be in a similar position um, to cancel the whole high school sports season. Um, I, I'm an advocate for the season. I think the value of high school sports is greater than living your life in fear from a virus. I understand there's going to be cancellations. I understand that um, there's going to be different stuff that happens throughout the season, and it's a year we can't. Um, we can't predict for it's something that's never happened before in our history and we have to adapt. But I think the value of high school sports, the value of being a part of a team and being with the guys is just such a, like you can't replace that. So I think um, you have to have a season just for the safety of our youth. I agree. I'm a huge fan of having the season. You know, I want it to happen, you know, badly. I'm, I'm breathing, you know, everything. Come on, let's have a season. But at the same time, you got to do what's safest for the community um, here locally. For sure. And every other state. So I think you got to take it with uh, precaution and be smart about it and make good choices, smart choices. But, you know, I'm all for having a season. All right, Cole. So let's um, talk a little bit about some of the college basketball that's going on in the area. Um, so this year, Kentucky has seven Division One teams for the first time ever. Um, so if we want to start with the newest member of the Division One, you want to start with Bellerin? Yeah. Are we getting into the recruiting classes of who let's they're go bringing ahead. in? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about recruiting. Okay, so they have Kurt Hoff coming in from Indiana, yep. Ben Johnson from Lex Calf. Ben Johnson is an absolute sniper. He's and a beast. A, of course, Aiden Mudd. From St. X, yep. Um, I think they have a good class coming in. And that's right now, they went ahead and signed their um, the National Letter of Intent. Yep. Um, what day? Wednesday, I yep. believe. Uh, so they went ahead and signed that. Um, but there could be a couple more guys on the way. Oh, for sure. And um, it'll be interesting to see what Bellarmine can do because we've seen them dominate the Division II level for years. Um, Coach Davenport has done an excellent job of building a program there. And the question is, everyone's wanted to know, will his system, will the way he uh, runs his team, will it carry over to the Division I level? And that's yet to be seen. But... Yeah, that is yet to be seen, but I think it can happen. I think it will happen. I mean, Dav Coach Davenport's a great coach, uh, phenomenal coach, been around for years, has coached, you know, high-level players. I mean, Bellarmine has guys that could play at the Division One level in their program they have for years. Um, 
and I think their style of basketball, the style they play is a little bit different from some D1s. I would say that they're not as athletic, but that I just from the from the style they play, I don't see all their athleticism. But I'm sure they have some they, they freaky athletic guys. Yeah, well, they don't need athleticism the style they play. The way they move the ball, they move the ball better than any team in the country, even if they're jumping to the Division One level. Um, and they rely on their skill to beat teams. So they're going to be a, a skilled squad who's going to move the ball and um, just use their um, ability to move the ball and skill to win games. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to uh, EKU. Well, actually, real quick before I do that. Um, Bellerin is playing at Freedom Hall this year. I can tell you one thing. Cole and I will be in attendance at a couple of their games at least because um, it's right down the street from us. So we'll definitely be giving you guys some more updates as we go um, further into the season. And as we do also plan to cover a little bit more of college basketball here in Kentucky and Indiana, even whether that's Division One down to NAIA, which NAIA teams are actually already playing games. Yeah. Um, and NJCAA, or NJJCAA, Campbell's Hill, yeah. Harrisburg, Coach Sparrow, they, they're already playing games up there. Um, but let's go ahead and jump to EKU. Um, we will actually have on our website our EKU insider notes coming soon. If you guys want to check that out, um, www.kentuckyandhoops.net. Cole and I put a lot of work into that every day just to um, continue to produce good content for all of our listeners. And um, we just try to put out as much as we can to help um, people get exposure at all levels, um, from high school to college. And also to inform our listeners and subscribers that uh, of what is happening at in all the college programs, um, as well as high school and everywhere else. We're actually going to move it in a different direction. We're going to let you guys hear our uh, interview with Coach Austin Chambers, who's an assistant at UT Permian Basin, and we're going to get into the rest of the college preview after the break. Hello? What's up, Coach? Hey, Cole. How you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. I can't complain. That's good. What are you guys been up to? Nothing much, just getting ready for our hopefully our season to start. Um and working on Kentucky and Hoops. How about yourself? Yeah, just trying to get settled down here in Texas. Um trying to figure it all out pretty quickly. Um we play in twelve days, so oh, I gotta wow. learn, you know, everything new <laughs> in twelve days to you know, try and get some input here and there. But is your all season outlook looking pretty good? Like y'all Plan on having a season and all that? I don't know. Um, I'm not super optimistic, but I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter that's um, saying it's going to get pushed back or we might not have it. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm just hoping we get a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I hope you get some games in. That's kind of what, what we're hoping for, too, is trying to get some early games to so see what's going to happen you know, when we start playing. All right, Coach, well, let's go ahead and kick it off. we got two quick hitters for you. Um, so we've actually already taken uh, you out. We've actually played golf before at Quail Chase here in Louisville. So uh, if you remember, what did you score that day, and have you progressed your game any more since then? No, I, I don't even – I think I lost track after about the fourth hole because <laughs> you guys are too much fun to talk to. Uh, so I changed, So I stopped counting. Uh, no, my golf game has gotten exponentially worse. 
uh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I just get too frustrated out there. It's a, it's, I think it's the hardest sport I've ever played, um, and I mean that seriously. So, but no, my golf game has, has got. I brought my clubs with me to Texas. I don't plan on playing, but just in case, you know, I get bored in one of those summers in Odessa. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I don't, I don't plan on getting any better anytime soon. Um, so, well, it sounds like me. I've got. What'd you guys? What'd you guys shoot? Oh, I, I have no idea what I shot that day. That was, a, that was a rough one. Yeah, I think I was done after <laughs> the first tee shot. <laughs> All right. So another quick hitter we got. Um, if you shot a hundred free throws in the practice gym right now, how many are you making? Oh, I've heard this question a lot. Uh. I'm going to be honest with you, the mid-range is my game. Uh, so I would probably say, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm not very good. I was never very good. Um, so I'd probably be in the 70, 70. I'm going to give me a high 76. How about that? 76, okay. that's solid. Over three quarters. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not very, I wasn't a very good player. You know, those who can't play, try and coach. Um, so that's kind of my mold. Um, I knew I wasn't a good player pretty early on. I'm kind of going yeah. down the same path as you. I was going to say, that sounds like you. <laughs> All right, so tell us a little bit about your background and yourself, um, where you came from, where you've been, and uh, what you plan to do. Yeah, um, so my background, so I, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, um, born and raised. I went to St. High School, played four years for Coach Klein. Um And after that, I ended up getting a job, got lucky and got a job at the University of Louisville as a student manager where I was there for three years, uh, two years under Patino, one year under Padgett. And, you know, every day was, you know, I was learning something new. It was awesome. Um, all my students have been awesome. But after that, um, got down to Texas, got lucky again, and got down to Texas um, where I got those two years with Coach Smart um, in the men's basketball team. Um, and then after that, was right during the uh, Big 12 tournament, the pandemic happened, and our, our season got canceled. So um, that's kind of when the job hunt started, um, was that March. And I had, got lucky enough to go to the NBA bubble for a little bit. And then now, um, you know, after a long shoot, I mean, eight months or so, finally got an uh, assistant coach position down in Odessa, Texas, at UT Permian Basin. Um, so that's a lot. I mean, that's the short story of a long journey, um, long six years or so. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so talk about yourself as a player. What type of player were you? And then what was it like playing at St. Anne's oh. for Coach Klein? <laughs> I was a scrappy dude. Uh, you know, a guy that you, you close out short to, you let him shoot, make him beat you offensively, but kind of annoying to play against. Um, Unless you're guarding me. And if you're guarding me, you had a field day. You're like, yes, I'm guarding you. <laughs> um, but, but I was just kind of a, a fighter, you know, not very good, um, but just, just tried to play and do my role, pass the ball, cut. Um, that's kind of with my role. Um, Coach Klein was great. Um, he kind of let me, you know, let me be that scrappy guy, let me fight, let me claw. Um, really had my back, you know, on a lot of calls where I probably fouled. And they just gave it to me because I was a short dude. Um, so you always had my back on those. Um, but it was great. Great experience all around. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Messing with my best friends at St. X. Um, it was awesome. Okay. And so as you grew up, 
is coaching something you always wanted to get into, or did you want to be a player? Uh, well, I mean, I did want to play for a little bit, um, but I, I quickly kind of realized, probably, probably in high school, that this playing career wasn't going to last very long. Um, so I just always loved basketball, and, and that's kind of what I what I came to do. I mean, I didn't really seek it out or nothing. Uh, I just kind of just fell into it. I missed. I, I took a year off. Um, between high school and college, and um, that year, I just really just missed being competitive. I missed being, you know, a part of a team, and you know, and honestly, the ball just bounced my way. I mean, to be honest with you, um, to to end up here at UT Permian Basin, I just kind of, you know, I've said this a lot. I got lucky, um, and you know, now I'm a coach. So um, obviously, when I was at Louisville, I definitely dreamed of of being a coach, being, you know, next to Coach Patino and working with him and stuff like that. So, you know, this is, you know, now what I know I want to do, but I never like, stepped into the profession with the idea that I wanted to do this, if that kind of makes sense. Um, so, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, so as you were kind of growing up and getting into it, uh, did you have any coaching idols? And if so, who were they? Uh, coach Patino is definitely my idol. Uh, growing up, uh, my dad was actually a big Kentucky fan, um, so he did everything, you know, Coutinho esque. He loved what they did, um, and then I, I'm, I'm, I love the, the, the Kentucky coaches like Calipari. Uh, I think the way he handles himself and the way he kind of, you know, uses all of his tools to get guys and how he handles the best players is really, really cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't really, I, I wouldn't really say other than Coutinho, probably he's my only one. Well, he's a great idol to have, that's for sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's awesome to work for. So, um, definitely challenge. Definitely challenge the staff. I was just a manager, but he he definitely challenged the staff and made sure they he got the best out of everyone, including the players too. So, uh, he was a he was it was just a great experience overall working for him. Oh, I'm sure. So, while being at U of L, um, two years under Patino, one year under Paget, uh, what are some of your best experiences? from being there in a part of the program? Mm, great question. Um, I'm kind of a weirdo, um, so I, I enjoyed the practices. Man. It was so much fun to learn every single day, like something new. And me and my buddy used to always laugh about, like, we, we would cut the film and, like, film practice, and, and we'd be like, there's no way that happened. Like, he wasn't even, like, watching the play. Then you'd rewind it, and you'd be like, dang, that, like, literally just happened, like, to a T of what he just said. Um, so I, just being around greatness, being around a legend, being around a Hall of Famer was just awesome. Um, obviously, the, the cool things about U of L is like you get to work with guys like Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lee, Daniel Bell, Peyton Kiva, you know, all those guys. Montrezl come back, Terry Rozier, you know, all those kind of pros come back and you get to see how they work. Um, but, you know, additionally, you got like games like, you know, Duke on the road where you go into Cameron, the Rec Arena. Like, you get to experience all those and be part of, I mean, your Louisville's team, you know, and being people coming to you asking you what's going on. Like, there's just so many good things about it, man. It's, it was, it's tough to really put into words how appreciative I was of that experience. But definitely the, the practices every day, the individuals every day, which is just, just so much fun to be a part of and learn from um, on a regular basis. So in 2016-17, you got to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, 
Talk about that experience, and even though you guys got upset by Michigan, what was kind of that experience like mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, that, that Michigan team shouldn't have been the seventh seed. They were, they were super good. Um, they had Mo Wagner, all them guys, uh, Derek Walton. So they were, they were pretty good seventh seed. Um, that was, it was so intense. Uh, I, I was in the back, uh, and I almost got kicked out of the media room for yelling at the, the, the computer screen because I was that nervous. Um, how the game was going our way. Um, like, and like, you have to be quiet in the media room. You can't show any, like, favoritism because, like, you're the media, like, uh, me and I almost got kicked out for being a little too loud, um, which is a funny story that I like to tell. Um, but it was just, it was just went up to another level. Like, the NCAA tournament, there's nothing like it. Um, it just, it's just an intense, intense game and weeks and preparing and, you know, the preparation for the NCAA tournament takes, you know, me, me and four or five other guys would stay up, you know, past two in the morning, cutting games, making sure we were ready for whatever scout we had and making sure that Monday we were ready to practice with whoever we had to play. Um, so that takes, you know, what you released, the, they released the bracket at 6 p.m. So you're from 7 p.m. to, you know, two in the morning, you're, you're working on basketball, preparing for the, your first game. Um, and I think a lot of people don't don't know about that, but definitely the people in college basketball know that the film guys, you know, that's a busy, busy, busy night for those guys. So you kind of just got into um, all the work a manager has to do. What advice do you have uh, to guys who are prospective managers, um, like, as they get into college? Yeah, I would definitely seek out manager positions. Um, for anyone out there listening that's interested, um, it was awesome. But the kind of thing that I would say is your best, you know, your best kind of ability is your availability. Um, being able to do anything at any given time, at any point in the night. Um, just being available to pick up lunch, pick up food, uh, pick up coach, pick up whatever they need you to do. Um, obviously, as the more experience you get inside the program, You'll be able to do more things like cutting film and, you know, doing social media graphics, uh, doing all that stuff. But just being available, first off, and being not having any, you know, any care in the world about what you do. Um, like, there's some, I mean, there's some things that you don't like to do as a manager that you just have to suck up and do. Um, and that's kind of one of the, the uh, sacrifices you make to get into this profession as someone who's not a player, uh, you got to kind of do some low-level stuff, and, you know, you have to enjoy it, because they'll, they'll kick on you if you don't. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, you just moved down to Texas, so what are some of the biggest changes between, um, or actually, let's move back a step. So, you went to Texas. Um, what was the biggest mm-hmm. changes between playing, um, or being a part of Louisville's program and Texas's program? The biggest difference, um, I would say the biggest difference is Coach Smart is just, he's, he's valuing of relationships so much. Um, now, definitely Coach Antino had, you know, he had relationships with all of his guys as well, but that was Coach Smart's priority, um, was his relationships with his guys and his, you know, ability to make sure they're in a good place mentally to perform at a high level. Um, so that would be the biggest difference. Uh, stylistically, uh, you know, there wasn't a ton 
you know, it, I mean, everyone, you know, they played man. We put, played a little bit zone, press, similar to Louisville. Uh, Louisville had more of a two-big style offense like when I was there. Um, you know, Coach Smart tried to spread it out. But in terms of overall culture, um, that would be the biggest difference. It's his, I mean, our, our three, like, values were relationships, growth, and victory at Texas. Um, so like, it was really important for him to develop those relationships with the players on the roster. Okay, yeah. Um, so as you got promoted or went from a manager to a graduate assistant, uh, talk about the difference in responsibilities as your title changed. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest with you, every program is going to be different. Um, but I can tell you my experiences. So uh, my experience at Louisville was, was pretty awesome um, in terms of like me being able to work with some great guys who let me do a lot of things. Um, so the what I did more at Texas was more of like rebounding and being available for the guys to pass, rebound, and shoot. Um, so my that wasn't my role as much at Louisville. Um, you still have to do it if you're a manager. But, you know, that was like my main job was like get these guys in the gym as much as possible, getting up extra shots, doing that type of stuff. Then secondly, the next thing, I uh, kind of more, you did, I did more like operations type roles that were more of like the operations that U of L got, uh, did. Um, so that includes like official visits, um, you know, helping out with dorm changes, you know, stuff, helping out with checking classes. Um, there's a lot more of that with like GA stuff um, rather than like a manager. Um, so you just got to be prepared. Um, and once again, if prepared to do anything, everything and anything at any time is kind of a big thing in both jobs. It's, I took the same mentality to both of them. And, you know, I feel like I had success at both places. Um, but every program is going to be different. Every program, you know, some, some GA's programs ask you to be with the entire video coordinator. I was, that wasn't my experience at Texas. We didn't film, but like, I was never asked to be the video coordinator. Um, so that's kind of just what happened between Louisville and Texas, but that changes across all programs. Oh, I'm sure. All right, so now you just moved down to Texas. You took a Division Two job down there. What are you looking forward to the most, and what are some of your responsibilities there now as an assistant coach? Yeah, so what I'm looking forward to most is getting on-floor coaching experience and practice. Uh, I think it's so much fun to kind of coach guys live and make, you know, helping them out, you know, kind of seeing that light bulb click where it happens and you're like, oh yeah, now he kind of gets it. Um, additionally, recruiting, uh, being able to go out and recruit guys and kind of seeing them develop over time. Uh, I think that's always been a thing that I've really enjoyed is seeing players, you know, taking a guy from one step to, you know, step four. Um, and seeing that journey has always been really cool and something that I'm excited to do, um, kind of you know, hand in on, um, hand, hands on experience with. Um, and my role, the same type of thing. So like I have to be ready to do anything. So academics, uh, the dorm rooms, travel, booking hotels, booking, you know, buses, doing stuff like that, but also being prepared for scouting, being prepared for practice, being prepared to recruit, like, you know, doing all those things, being, you know, kind of like a uh, Louisville and Texas combined, you know, and then some. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to go come to a place like UT Kermit Basin was to get more experience, hands-on experience and get more recruiting experience and be able to do more things and add value in different places. That's kind of why I seeked out a position like this. 
Um, so that's kind of a short answer of what I'm going to be doing. But once, I mean, I'll say that again, but I mean, being raised to do anything and everything um, is also kind of the mentality I'm taking in. Yeah, I completely get that. Always trying to get experience. Um, so you guys were 16 and 16 last year. Um, how do you guys expect to improve on that? And what are you doing to work on um, improving that record this year? Yeah, so, well, we're just we're praying for a season, first off. Um, I think everyone in the country is at this point. Uh, you know, you guys are, we are. So um, that would be a priority one is getting 32 games in. <laughs> uh, secondly, we got some guys, some Division One transfers coming in. We got a good freshman class. Um, so we're just teaching them how to guard the ball, play the right way, um, you know, getting the passing lane, being help, you know, all that type of stuff, kind of doing things that, you know, every other team is doing, but we're just trying to do it at a higher level. Um, this is coaches. I think third year in coming into the program. So he's kind of getting his guys in, uh, which is, which is awesome. Um, you kind of start seeing that consistency. Uh, we play in a great league. So like, it's going to be definitely be hard. Um, to improve on it, but we see the potential in it, and we think the guys that we got from the Division One transfer level are going to be, you know, dynamic players for us. So you don't have a lot of uh, recruiting experience yet, but um, I don't know if you know the answer to this quite yet, but what is one of the most difficult things about recruiting a guy to Division Two? Because uh, most players want to yeah. go Division One, so what would your kind of yeah. thing be about that? Well, you just kind of hit it on the head, uh, the stigma of Division II. Um, you know, a lot of kids, you know, their goal is to go Division I, um, which is very understandable. Um, you know, I'm sure when I was in, like, seventh grade, I wanted to go Division I, too. Um, you know, I never thought I'd go to a Division II. Um, you know, no one dreams of that moment. But what I think a lot of kids don't realize is that the things that Division II can provide that a lot of Division ones can't. Number one, you know, is, you know, playing experience right away. And a lot of schools can't really offer that. And being able to play for championships, um, a lot of those schools, like those low major D1 schools, you know, they're not playing for national championships year in and year out. Um, they're playing, they might be playing for kind championships if they're really good. But they're not, we're playing for national championships. So we're playing to be number one in the country. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of our kids are playing to be, you know, conference player of the year, you know, national player of the year. Um, so, like, there's a lot of things, like, Division Two programs can provide that Division One programs can't. I would consider us a high-level D2 school, and I would consider us, you know, better than some of, some of the Division One programs you see out there. Um, so that's kind of how, you know, that would be the biggest challenge is overcoming that stigma and convincing kids, like, listen, this might be the right spot for you. Um, and if you do your job, you have more opportunities to generate film or for playing professionally overseas if you're good enough. Um, not everyone's good enough, but, you know, if you get lucky and the ball's by bouncing the right court in the right way, you know, you have the opportunity to, to play and to succeed here. Yeah, I agree. I think D2 needs a lot more respect because there's a lot of good that comes out of Division Two. I think. Oh, man. There's some really, I mean, there's some really, really good players, I mean. The school down the street, Bellarmine, is proven of that. I mean, they're unreal. I mean, they've had guys. I mean, how many guys have they had from professional? They play professional basketball. Bird uh, Knobs, you know, Chris Dow, just a couple that I remember. But uh, those guys were, I mean, those guys should hang in with our guys in Mobile for sure, um, especially their fourth year. 
You know, a four-year Division II program against, like, a freshman team is going to, like, a freshman Division mid major uh, D1 team is going to give them a run, for sure. I agree. All right, Coach, our last question of the night for you is even though you don't have um, – oh, yeah, a ton of recruiting experience. Um, how has COVID already affected your day-to-day recruiting of these kids? Yeah, so – like you said, I, I don't. I, this is like my second day on the job, so um, I don't know, you know, a whole lot. But the the way I'm feeling it out now is it feels like there's going to be a lot of film recruiting. Um, so not as much in person recruiting, which is really really difficult um, to kind of get the whole picture of a kid on film. Um, I'm sure you guys know it as evaluators, like you know, I mean, a kid can look unreal on a highlight, and you're like, wow, that's just good. And then you see him, you're like, wow, he's not, you know, where'd he go? You know, is he here? Uh, what kind of question? Uh, so that that's going to be really tough, um, I would assume, but it's, it's, it's about communication and staying in contact with people and hoping for the best. I mean, um, I try to be pretty optimistic, and I hope, you know, these high schools and these colleges are able to have, you know, uh, some some form of a season, whether it be, you know, a little short or, or maybe not as much travel. But I just hope that those, you know, for the for the kids especially, just able to play basketball because, you know, there's so many people who's, you know, it would just really hurt for them not to play play in the game this year. Um, and a lot of kids, you know, you know, they they get seen playing high school basketball. So, I mean, think about the amount of under-recruited kids this year who are good enough to play, but they can't have a senior season. You know, it's just a real shame. So I just hope I hope players are able to get a chance to kind of show what they can do and teams are able to compete for championships, state championships, district championships, um, because that's that's what it's all about is having, you know, the kids having the opportunity of a lifetime playing basketball. Well, that, uh, yeah, for sure. But with um, all the players being allowed to get another year of eligibility this year in college, it's really going to hurt the 2021 class. So I think you'll see a uh, growth in postgraduate Absolutely. opportunities for sure. Absolutely. That's going to be, I don't know how, that's going to, I mean, that's another great point. Uh, I don't know. I, I wish I knew more what's going to happen with that because it's just, it's just going to be, you know, I mean, 2020 has been wild and it's going to kind of carry over to 2021. So we're kind of, we're all kind of <laughs> hoping to survive, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, so coach real quick, where can our listeners find you on Twitter and where can they find uh, UT Permian Basin's men basketball? Yes, UTPB MDB is most of the stuff. Uh, my Twitter following is pretty small. I actually just I didn't I deleted my Twitter not too long ago, but I actually reopened it. Uh, my my underscore or my hash or what's it called username is like a underscore change C H A N D S. I don't tweet a bunch, so I wouldn't I wouldn't give it a follow unless you just want to see some retweets every now and then. But UTMBB is the best. Uh, way to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but I just wanted to shout out you guys. You guys do a great job. I appreciate you having me on. It's been a lot of fun. So um, it's you. great kind of looking back on all these stories and seeing and hopefully I can come back home and play some more golf. That sounds like a plan with us. Yeah, all right, absolutely. Coach. Um, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, have a wonderful night. Yeah, you as well. You as well. Keep working hard. I appreciate it. Um, good luck this year, and I hope you guys have a season. All right. Have a good one. See you guys. See ya.
All right, Cole, now that we finished with the Austin Chambers interview, let's get back into the college um, college preview. So we were talking about EKU before. Um, so what do you think about EKU? EKU, I think they have a couple guys who – I don't want to give away too much because it's going on the website, of course. Right. But to give a little inside scoop, watch out for Kurt Lewis. He's the guy that can change that program and get them you know, an OVC conference championship. Yeah, they are a dark horse for the OVC this year. Not to go into too much depth, like Cole said, but they have um, four. They're returning four starters. Yes, four starters, and so it'll be interesting to see how um, they perform in the OVC. And Coach Hamilton's this is his third year, correct? Third season. Um, and Kurt Lewis is as talented as they come. Local guy played at Louisville Valley. Um, then went on to aspire post grad. He had the red shirt, or no, 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 he had the gray shirt last year due to academics. Um, but I mean, he's as talented as they come. Yep. He's the guy to watch for. What do you think of NKU? NKU will be interesting. Um, Trayvon Faulkner is the uh, leading returning scorer. He's another local guy. He went to Mercer County, which is in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Um, his brother plays at Western Carolina. Um, It'll be Trayvon Faulkner's team. I think they're going to take a step back, but the future is very bright um, for NKU. They've been recruiting the state better than anyone. Um, they added Marquise Warwick in last year's class who can shoot the lights out of it, and once he gets some uh, more muscle on his frame, he'll be really good. He's a playmaker. I like his game. He, I thought he could, I thought he should have been the um, – or at least I thought he could have been the Mr. Basketball last year. I, I, it, in me, in my opinion, it was between – him and um, Davion McKnight, who didn't Davion won it. Um, they also, who else did they add? This year's class, they added Isaiah Mason, and, or 2021 class, I mean. Isaiah Mason and, and Sam Vincent. Sam Vincent. Both from Kentucky. Yeah, Isaiah. Talk about them a little bit. Oh, well, Sam is, or Sam and Isaiah are both uh, combo guards. Both 6'5". Uh, Darren Horn loves himself some big guards. Well, Sam Vincent's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, I think he's 6'4". Uh, no. But uh, he plays like it, though. He's long, lengthy. Uh, he shoots it well. I mean, he's high flat or plays above the rim. Uh, he attends Highlands, which is not too far from NKU. Nope, it's a Northern Kentucky school. Um, now, Isaiah coming from Bowling Green on the other side of Kentucky, uh, you know, it's probably about a three, four-hour haul for them. But, hey, he's going to be an impact player, and he might play from the jump next season. Rick Stansbury is going to regret letting him out of Bowling Green because Bowling Green High School is 10 minutes from – WKU, and he let him go, but he's going to regret that one. Isaiah Mason's going to be a baller. For sure. Talking about Rick Stansberry, uh, what about WKU? I like Davion McKnight. I mean, everybody likes Davion McKnight. You're seeing all him all over Twitter, everyone talking about Davion McKnight's going to be the guy to watch in uh, Western Kentucky. They also returned Tavion Hollingsworth, who's been one of the best players in the program's history. Yes, um, baller. And next season, 2021, bringing in Kentucky's best player, Zion Harmon, one of the country's best um, getting to see Zion Harmon and Damian McKnight in the backcourt together is going to be so much fun. That is going to be a great one-two punch. I'm excited to see that, and they're going to really dominate Conference USA with those two, I think. But don't forget, they bring Charles Bassey back from injury this year. Um, he had uh, season-ending leg surgery last year, and everyone expected him to take a big jump last year and become an NBA first-round pick or so, but um, I expect that jump from him this year. He should be able to dominate the OVC, or not the OVC, the um, Conference USA as a junior and really take off and potentially be a first-round pick. All I need to say is Diddle is going to be rocking. 
Diddle is going to be rocking for sure. Um, who's next? Murray State? Let's get into it. Um, Coach McMahon uh, has those guys rolling every year. I mean, um, a guy who I think will be interesting to watch for Murray is Tevin Brown. He absolutely shoots the lights out of it. Is probably the best shooter in the Ohio Valley Conference. You go ahead. I just like how the team plays year in consistent, and year out. Yeah, consistently every single year. I mean, I remember uh, we actually went down to a game two or three years ago, I'm pretty sure. And it was against, play Auburn? They played Auburn. They lost by two points. I mean... Auburn was a top-five team in the country that year. Yes. They had Jared Harper. They had some guys. They did. And, I mean, Murray State competed. Coach McMahon has those guys rolling. Murray State is one of the premier mid-majors in the country. Over the past 10 or so years, they have been a top-five mid-major in the country. And one thing you got to love about their program, the fans. Their fans are great. They treat it like... Murray basketball is like Alabama football on a smaller scale. Murray fans love Murray State basketball, and that town revolves around racer basketball. Yep. Um... You want to talk about Louisville? Yeah, let's get into the, the two main schools. I mean, if you ask anyone in Kentucky, usually they say UVL or UK. I mean, Everyone who asks, who are rooting for? are you a UVL or UK fan? And So, these, so those are the top top two tier teams. I mean, these two schools are top tier in the country. They compete at the top of the uh, top of the country every year. They win national championships. It's hard to find two better programs in the country. ACC, SEC. It doesn't, get, it doesn't get much it doesn't better, get than better than that. It doesn't get better than that. And, I mean, as a rivalry... The Kentucky UBL rivalry is one of the best rivalries in the country, if not the best. It's right there with Duke Carolina. Uh, I agree. You think of Rupp Arena has a lot of history to it. Yum Center, brand new, right in downtown Louisville. Arenas are great. Fans get it rocking. The atmosphere, wonderful. It can't be beat. I've been to several UK UBL games, and it's just an awesome, excellent uh, atmosphere. All right, but hopping into Louisville. Uh, who do they have coming in, and what do you think that they're going to be like this season? Coming in, I don't think there's really any of the newcomers are going to jump off um, and be big-time contributors from the jump. But um, there is local guy, J.J. Trainer from Bardstown. They have a couple other kids coming in who should um, impress. But the guy everyone knows about, and the guy who's supposed to be the star this year, is David Johnson. Hometown hero, went to Trinity High School, won a state championship for Trinity. Um He's expected to do big things, preseason, All-ACC. And Carly Jones is another guy, um, grad transfer. From Radford? No, from Richmond. Richmond. Um, no, from Radford. You're right, Radford, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's another guy who's supposed to be really good. Everyone, all the college basketball insiders have been talking about him and David Jones leading this team and having one of the best backcourts in the country. You want to hear my take? Watch out for Jalen Weathers. I was going to say the same thing. Jalen Weathers, he didn't play much last year. I don't even think he, he played. He redshirted. Yeah, he didn't play a lick. Nope. But, hey, watch out for this dude. He, super skilled, super athletic, 6'9", can really, really play. What do you think of Aiden Gahan? Um, does, does he have a bigger, does he have a good season this year? I don't know. I think he has a bigger role than he did last season. But I'm concerned about his skill level and his... Um, basketball IQ. A lot of times he looked lost out there, and he looked just like a big guy who didn't really have a place on the floor. So he he definitely has all the physical tools to be a really, really good player. The question is, has he developed and matured as a basketball player and skill-wise to take that next step? Right. I think you'll probably see that in his junior or senior year, honestly. Right. Now let's hop into UK. And all I got to say is last night, UK Pro Day, they looked good. They looked good. They've got a lot of guys, a lot of five stars, which isn't a shocker 
Coach Calipari brings in a new class of five stars every year, and we know how he does this. It's nothing new. But, I mean, I my guy uh, who has become my favorite player on this Kentucky roster is um, Devin Askew. Uh, yes, from uh, California. From California. He's a really good point guard. He kind of can control the game and kind of do his own thing. Um, he uses his skill and his athleticism. Um, I just think it's interesting to see um, – how he dominates the game that way. Who do you like? Me personally, but besides talking about a player, the coaching staff, Coach Cal, of course, is great. But think of who's right next to him. You got Bruiser Flint, uh, right. Joel Justice. Those are two great guys. And you just got a young guy to come in, Jai Lucas from Texas, well, who's right. a recruiting coordinator. And, and he's going to bring in guys. Right. And uh, Bruiser Flint's actually, he just came from Indiana because they lost Kenny Payne. And Coach Payne did an excellent job during his time at um, – Speaking of UK, gotta shout out our guys, Mike, uh, Coach Ortelli and Coach Freinheim. Doing great things up there. But uh, you know who I like? I like I like a lot of their guys. I, Brandon Boston is gonna be a different Brandon caliber Boston player. Brandon Boston is super super talented. Terrence Clark, different caliber. Oh, Olivier Saar. I, I'm interested to see how he does in the SEC on a team that wins. Because I mean, he dominated the ACC last year, but it was with Wake, and they were not very good. So. I think now that he's playing with one of the premier programs in the country, it'll be interesting to see how he does. But he's a really, really talented player. Isaiah Jackson, really athletic. He played with uh, Lamelo Ball Aspire. at Spire. Yep. yep. Now a guy, a guy to watch out for, Jacob Toppin, from uh, Rhode Island. I'm pretty yep. sure. Obi Toppin's younger brother, and yes. Obi Toppin's going to be top ten pick in this year's draft. Ath- athletic freak, can play up and down. He, he inside and out too. I like his game. All right, so there you have it. We have our college basketball preview. One thing before we move on and finish this podcast off, where do you think a good fit for Jay Scrub is in the upcoming NBA draft? You know, I would like to see him at the Heat, actually, just because um, they're a good good program. They have a couple good guards that would play above him. There's Jimmy Butler, who he could learn from, Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. Those are, you know, three guards, two guard, combo guard types of players um, that he could learn from. And here, three, four down, years down the road, he could be a beast. He can be an NBA all-star. I agree. Um, an organization I'd like to see him go to is the Spurs. I mean, just a great organization. You see a great coach, and uh, Coach Popovich, who develops guys all the time. I just think it would be interesting to see him um, at an organization that will really develop him and really help him grow because he has so much talent and – with his talent, he can easily be an NBA All-Star if he's in the right organization. So I like either of those spots, the Heat or the Spurs. But anyway, you got anything else, Cole? Uh, if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, please comment or let us know where you think Jay Scrub's going to end up. Please do. And make sure to check out our website, www.kentuckyanahoops.net. And please check out our Twitter at KYINHoops, our Instagram at Kentuckyana underscore hoops. And thanks again for listening. We appreciate every listener. Thank you for listening to the Kentucky Anna Hoops podcast. This is Cole Thompson. And I'm Noah Bredenstein. Make sure to check out our website at www.kentuckyannahoops.net. This website features exclusive content found nowhere else, which includes boys and girls classes 2021 through 2024, player profiles, recruiting information, highlights, stats, watch lists, and much more. For only $10 a month for the year, you have access to exclusive content found only on our website. Just go to www.kentuckyanahoops.net. Also, follow us on Twitter at KYINHoops and Instagram at Kentuckyanahoops. Thank you. Hoops. Thank you.